You've found the Digging Oak Island podcast, the podcaster's journey to discover the truth behind the Oak Island mystery. I'm Dave McBride. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. If you've been listening to the show and enjoying our little podcast here, you can do us a favor uh, and help out the show by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your shows. Also, I invite you to come and join us on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow us at Digging Oak Island. Right. Thank you, everybody, for joining me again today as we continue our summer off-season set of uh, of shows here. we got lots of stuff planned, lots of great interviews on the horizon for you um, that we will get to in the coming weeks. But i got kind of a weird one today, uh, something very different from the podcast and something I never imagined I would actually um, do. This is a thought that never came to my head until earlier in the summer when a graduate student from Jerusalem named Adva, she wrote me um, and asked me if I can help her in something she's doing in folklore studies program uh, at her university. She was asking about, um, you know, researching things like rumors about treasure and how how rumors turn into, uh, <laughs> you know, fact or that, you know, that sort of thing. And that led her to the idea of including Oak Island, which is certainly the most popular current treasure hunt and rumor-based type, uh, you know, mystery. So I wasn't really sure I knew what she was going to ask me. Um, I wasn't really sure that I could help because I'm certainly not an expert. Uh, I'm certainly not a, a, uh, you know, somebody who's written a book or anything along those lines. But I pressed record anyway, and I told her beforehand I was going to record it under the uh, pretenses that if it's a Sounds like a good would make a good podcast. I might put it out because I thought it'd give me the opportunity to sort of present my own thoughts on this in a way that I don't really get an opportunity to do here on the show. Um, I, I get asked a lot of questions. They're mostly fact-based things about stuff you see on the show and that kind of stuff. I don't really get asked a lot of sort of catch-all questions. I don't really often try to uh, present. And, you know, I, as I've said to you a million times, guys, I don't have a theory myself. I'm not, um, I don't back a particular theory. Uh, I'm sort of bringing this all in. I'm sort of, uh, you know, formulating one as we go. I may never come up with one. Who knows? So I thought this was a good opportunity for me to actually kind of give my thoughts to you guys. Uh, it might be a good sort of introduction to any new listeners to where I'm coming from in all of this. Uh, and it might uh, give, you know, the longtime listeners kind of a little bit more insight in how I feel about Oak Island. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to play you a little bit of this conversation I had with Adva. Actually, we're going to play a lot of it. Uh, I'm only going to take out sort of this, you know, the pleasantries and sort of the questions that I have about uh, what she's doing. And then we were talking a little bit, you know, before and after about COVID and, you know, all the kind of things. Uh, so I'm going to take all that stuff out and just kind of get to the, to the Oak Island stuff. I want you to keep something in mind, though, when you listen to this. Adva is asking me questions for the purpose of what she's writing, for the research that she's doing. She's not asking me questions for the purpose of a podcast. So she's not on a fancy microphone like I am. Uh, she's calling me from her, uh, you know, from a, from far away. And she's asking specific questions based on specific things that she's looking to get answers to for the research she's doing. So this is not a uh, interview for interview's sake. So it may seem a little choppy and the two of us kind of go back and forth. And I certainly get long-winded in some of it. Um, because again, keep in mind, just bear this in mind as you listen. This really wasn't meant to be a podcast. I just thought you guys might find it interesting. 
If that description I just gave you doesn't uh, interest you, we'll see you next week. But if it does, we'll take a little bit of a break here. And when we come back, you're going to listen to uh, the interview I did about Oak Island with uh, Adva, a grad student from Jerusalem. All treasure stories um, are anchored with a historical um, mark, right? Sure. An, has an, they have an historical anchor. So, for example, if because you know one this and this ship sank on this and this day, and it had so much gold on it, right? So it's a legend. So it's a, it's a true story, and then it becomes a legend, and then the rumors build up upon it. Right. Um, but with the Oak Island story, this whole thing started as a rumor. In a way, I mean, OK, here I saw the money pit and I'm going to go out and tell everyone that there's treasure right there. It, it's crazy to me. It's like mind boggling. <laughs> it is unique for sure. It is a unique. So, and- it, it is a unique story. It's also because you can trace it back to where it really began. Um, and then you start to look even beyond that and you start to see, you know, evidence that people were aware of something before even 1795. And in even the legend aspect of it is something that, um, you know, it, it, it involves Captain Kidd. It started as Captain Kidd's treasure. And there's no more legendary thing in the world than buried treasure, right? I mean, that's it. That's the gold right. standard of legend. And it started yes. that way. And there was a lot of rumor that came around that there was a, uh, uh, a sailor who on his deathbed said that he was uh, part of Captain Kidd's crew and, and uh, you know, saw him bury this in an island in Mahone Bay. So there's, there's, you know, there's so much that's, that that's a rumor you see. Yeah. So that's exactly it. Right. There's a legend. The mystery of Oak Island is essentially a legend, mm-hmm. but just like what you, you just said, um, th- it has all these rumors grew on top of it. Right. They just started appearing in one of your first time, um, shows when you talked about um how all the paranormal phenomena started as rumors started appearing as as rumors recently but it, it was never there before um and i thought that was also fascinating because as the years went by people wanted the mystery grew because no one found treasure right, right. so people started coming up with more and more ideas and, and then that, people died. And, and that part so- of, yeah. And that part of Oak Island is in itself different from a lot of treasures stories when it comes to that, because I mean, this has been an active treasure hunt uh, off and on um, since 1860, since the 1850s is when it was really like, I mean, there were, Obviously, the rumors are that the, you know, the story is that three boys went out there, dug a little bit to, you know, uh, felt they couldn't dig any further. So they went and got some help. And that help was the first one in the early 1800s. But then since about the 1850s, there's been money put into it, a lot of money put into it, lives lost, as you were saying, you know, and it has continued to grow and continued to um 
be active despite the lack of anything really concrete that shows there's treasure there. I mean, there's been treasure yeah. rumors in places all over from Madagascar to, you know, to the Fiji islands to wherever, but people went and looked, didn't find it. And that was the end of it, but that's not what happens right. here. <laughs> no, not at all. And I just think that uh, talking about um, lives lost yeah. The whole idea that a seventh person has to die. Where did that come from? Uh, it's hard right? to say where that came from. There are a lot of scholars, uh, 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 researchers who believe that the History Channel simply made that up. Um, well, or, I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that, was not? Not a, that there's not a lot of conversation around before. Uh, uh, let me put it this way. When this seven is a big number, right? I mean, seven's a big yes. number in legend. Right. If you're, you're, you know, logical number, and right? So on. Okay. So when the sixth person died, there's really not any evidence. Where are we going to go with that? Right. I mean... There's really not any evidence <laughs> that this legend of seven dying existed before the sixth one died. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just sort of came yes. out of that. That's one of those things, like that. Just sort, of, I think, is a great case study and a great example of. You know, th these legends that just show up when stuff like this happens. I mean, yes, you know, you, you go through pirate legend, you know, the pirate treasure is cursed. Well, wh wh where did that come from? Simple. Right. The pirate put it there, didn't want anybody looking for it. So he made up this rumor that it was cursed. So nobody <laughs> would go looking for it. You know, things develop out of human imagination and yes. i think that's really what the seventh one is the seventh thing is imagination <laughs> that also uh, very much connects with the whole templar idea uh, yeah. um because you know the number seven that comes mm -hmm. direct i mean that is an ancient number and yeah. the templar idea is very ancient then i found it fascinating that people went to the Shakespeare um, writings, which I thought, how did that come about? I don't even know. I mean, of course, again, I am not. Well, I can trying... point you in the right direction of the Shakespeare one. That actually began, uh, uh, mostly began, certainly in modern times, as far as its connection to Oak Island, with a Norwegian organist named Petter Amundsen, who um, mm -hmm. opened up the um, original folios of Shakespeare. And then began connecting these dots. Uh, I mean, it's all so maddening to watch if you if you really want to get yourself your brain exploding. Go listen to Petter Amundsen talk about how Shakespeare connects with Oak Island because there is a capitalized L on page thirty-seven that corresponds with a capitalized L on page 483 and and if you put them together in the right way it wow. spells i mean it's like that kind of thing and it's it's wow it's very thick and almost too much for me to handle i also am a person wow. who doesn't believe that shakespeare 
didn't write his own works. I, I pretty sure he did. Oh yeah. But okay. so, <laughs> so I come from sort of a skewed version, a skewed outlook of this theory to begin with, but there's a guy who started this whole thing, who found all this and has sort of developed this whole idea that Bacon wrote Shakespeare and then Bacon or his followers after he died, buried the original documents along with other things in Oak Island. And it really comes from him. It comes from that guy, Petter Amundsen. So he's an interesting wow. person to talk to if you ever want to, uh, if you ever really I mean, want to blow that, your mind. That's exactly it. That's very close to what you said in the beginning of our conversation that there's so many layers to this story. Oh, I mean, that's it's the worst one. Endless. Yeah. It's just, and, and um, somewhere I read that they already spent $25 million Easy. on, I mean, it's unbelievable to me. Of course, I am not trying to say this is true or not true. Right. I'm not even trying to find sources of these rumors because that kind of contradicts the whole idea of a rumor that I am looking into. I am strictly trying to find a few very substantial rumors that develop. And I think one of them to me maybe is the general concept that the island is cursed. That's a rumor. I mean, no one ever, I mean, yeah. where did that come from? You know, now I, I think the, the whole um, idea of paranormal phenomena is also fascinating from, because many rumors have to do with stuff like that in sure. general. I also think that the number seven is fascinating yeah. as a rumor, and uh, but that's because I love numerology and this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, but that's very interesting. Um, and then there are a few other ideas, starting with the whole simple fact that this whole thing, even though it's a legend now, started as a rumor. I mean, I mean. <laughs> To me, some other people will say, oh, no, he found something substantial. Well, well he found a hole, you I mean, know, in, in maybe that's the thing yeah. that's so that's the <laughs> thing that's so incredible about all this is when you okay. I mean, listen, something somebody saw something, somebody for one reason. Here's where I am. I began this whole journey thinking three guys got in a boat. And went out to Oak Island, found a depression in the ground, dug down, found planks. And they had never heard of anything until they went out there, right? They were out there to, there was a rumor that they were following lights or they were out there because maybe they owned the land and were surveying it or something like that. Now, I don't even know if that story is anything more than a made up tale because if you think, if you start to follow what could some of the possibilities of where the, if, if it is a treasure, that some of the possibilities of how it got there, well, then it's only logical to follow a train that that secret really wasn't perfectly kept. And maybe people who came to Nova Scotia, even before the three boys, and they weren't boys, but that's what we like to call them in the show. 
um, before yes. they came over there, were aware that something may have happened, that some treasure, some stolen whatever or whatever it might be was late, was put there and people were already looking for it. Right. So I can't even it's it's so layered and so full of rumor and so difficult. You can't even figure any of that out, whether or not that's true. As far as the, like, <laughs> for instance, the discovery tale, that wasn't ever really published until 50 years after it happened. Mm-hmm. So there's no news report that I've ever found from 1795 or even 1798 or even 1805 that says that this is what happened. These things didn't become published. Nobody put their name behind it until the 1850s or something like that. So that's a f- <laughs> ten five decades of that rumor taking all sorts of different shapes and tales and stuff before it ever made its way into, you know, what we would consider to be a fact or even a legend, you know? So who knows? I mean, I I can't even get any of that straight anymore. I don't even know if that's what happened, you know? No, I think no one does. No. How can anyone know if that's exactly what happened? I mean, I mean, might as very well might be that, these kids or these boys went there because they knew of something or they heard of something. Maybe they heard a rumor, you know, no one knows. I mean, so if you follow the work of an author named James McQuiston, who I consider a friend of mine and he's a, he's written a wonderful um, series of books Mm -hmm. and he has written these books basically as the um, research he's doing is being done. So he's not, he has not, found everything this is what's so great about his stuff he didn't he didn't stop research and formulate an an idea of what might have happened and then write one all-inclusive book what he did was he came up with some interesting stuff and wrote a book about that interesting stuff and then found more and wrote a book about that and then found more and more and more and more and basically what he's come to now is connecting these guys are people on Oak Island to the Mayflower compact. Oh, wow. And from there to a treasure that has to do with a Scottish Lord. So he, I mean, I've never heard him actually come out and say this. And I've tried to get him to say it a few times, but he's, <laughs> he seems to be pretty sure that those three boys went out to that Island looking for this deposit that through their family connections they knew of, they knew was there and they weren't alone. And that other people who have been involved in the search over the years are connected to the Mayflowers, including Franklin Roosevelt, by the way, other people are connected to this. And his feeling is that through their family secrets of their families, they were aware of this possibility and that's what sent them looking for this treasure, you know? So, I mean, and who knows? I mean, great. even if, um, even if there was treasure buried there back in those days, who's to say that they didn't dig it out a long time ago. No one, 
Yeah, no, no one. one. So I mean, right? That that's again. I mentioned this before. That's the fast to me. The fascinating thing about this rumor and the persistence of it. Nobody's found anything. I mean, they found some things that are clearly out of the ordinary. There's, there's, that's for sure. You know. Yes. Um, some of those things, the existence of is less known than the others. Um, and for, and ex- so that kind of makes kind of casts a light, uh, you know, a, a, a false, potentially false light on almost everything that you hear of. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, the famous 90 foot stone. And I've talked about this a lot on my show. Yes. Um, somebody pulled a 90 foot stone out of this ground that had markings on it. Nobody ever copied the markings down. Nobody took an etching of it. Nobody later on took a photograph of it. It ended up in somebody's apparently in somebody's chimney in the back of their chimney for years and then was used to bang leather (laughs) in a book binary. I mean, Nobody yes. took a photo of it ever. No one's ever. So you have to, a logical person coming at it from a, from a skeptical standpoint has to look at that and say, did this thing really ever exist? Or if it did exist, did it ever really exist in the form that we, which we see on the show? And the one thing I've been yeah. trying to say a couple of times uh, that I've been meaning to say and keep forgetting to here in all this is the show is a double-edged sword. $25 million seems like a low number to me now with the show as what's been spent on finding this treasure. Never before now has this has such an investment in manpower and money been put into Oak Island. This is far and away the most money and the most time anyone, well, not time, but the most intensely anybody's ever looked into this treasure. But at the same time, we get the show and the show is a great insight into it. And I love watching it. And I tell people all the time, it's a great show. It's my favorite show. It's fantastic. But it also manages to gloss over some of these (laughs) rumor aspects that we're talking about. I mean, it shows a picture of the 90 foot stone as if it, as if that's what it was, as if they show us this, as if this is a real photo of the 90 foot stone. It's not, no such thing exists. They show us that it was translated into whatever feet below that that's not true. No, that that's just a rumor. That's just, that's, you know, skeptical at best. (laughs) And the same with the idea of the boys paddling out to follow lights and finding a depression in the ground. If they really cared about whether or not we got the full story, they would say, this is the legend. They would add something to that to make it known to us that what we think are facts might not Mm -hmm. really be facts. You know, there's there's so many things that have been said to come out of the money pit that nobody can produce. They don't exist. Like a piece of gold chain that was from the 18 whatevers. Where is that gold chain? Yeah, where no is one that? has it, you know? Yeah. So there's so much of that that just goes on and on. And so much. And actually you're pointing, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and the, the problem is twofold. Well, actually it all stems from the same thing, which is money. Now 
we need to frame this all as true, these rumors as true, so that people will watch the show. But before the show, we needed to frame all those rumors as true so that, as fact, so that people would invest in the treasure hunt. So there's always been this really big motivating factor to gloss over <laughs> the fact that some of these things, whether or not they're re- they ever happened, we don't really know. You know, there's no. been a, and that really existed until the the chapel group in the late 1800s where they were then they started writing everything down but still every time they wrote something down we have to keep in mind they were writing it down almost always to show a potential investor what they found and what was there they weren't writing it down for posterity or for history they were writing it down for this one reason to to fund their dig and make money which I think is, uh, again, you said it's a double-edged sword. And you're pointing this out in your podcast quite a few times. Yeah. Which I think is, is fascinating um, how roughly, well, how rough and aggressively they're handling all the dig. I mean, if you really think that well, something delicate yeah. such as you know, such as treasure or Shakespeare writings, yeah. you know, are down yeah. there. How are you doing this so aggressively? Okay. So it the, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense now when you think about it. And that's a great question. And, and a lot of people worry about that and, and, and talk about that. But here's the fact. If you're, if you are Rick and Marty Lagina or whoever, um, when the treasure first was searched for, they were convinced that, okay, so, uh, I mean, just to kind of give you the, the, the background of it, they, they dig, right? They get down to uh, 90 feet. They pull up the stone. They dig a few more feet. This is the story. This is the legend. It's getting dark. The day's about done. They, pull, they prod down with a metal bar, which they apparently did all the time. Every day they stopped, they prodded down, and they hit what felt like wood. And they said, that there it is, the treasure. So mindlessly, instead of digging those few feet, they went home for the night, according to the story. And when they got up the next morning, the money pit is treasure. Exactly. They got up the next morning. The money pit is full of water. So from from that point for the next God, I mean, 100 years, almost people were convinced that. What that guy hit with that prod was a treasure chest. And what we're looking to find is Captain Kidd's treasure made of metal or jewels in a box. A few years later, somebody drilled down and apparently pulled out at the end of the drill a piece of gold. There's a legend of a guy named Pit Blotto who apparently pulled something off a drill bit, stuffed it in his shirt, and then disappeared and never came back to the search for God knows how long. You know, there's all these crazy stories. But for a long, long time, people were convinced there was a treasure chest or, at, if at the most, a vault with the treasure in there. So nobody ever, the idea of papers or part, that didn't come until the, until later, until after people had drilled and dug and 
pushed. Then the money pit collapsed. So as they drilled shafts, they drilled, they put, they, they cribbed the the shaft so that it doesn't fall on top of them. And the money, as they were digging one of these side holes, the water collapsed through this hole and the money pit collapsed. And at that point, I think if Shakespeare's papers were down there, they're not there anymore. They're not there anymore. I mean, they've long <laughs> since left, you know, uh, although, you know, even the show has found pieces of book binding and parchment and stuff at depth, you know, and that's. But I mean, wouldn't you say that if you dig as extensively as they do <laughs> in any other location, you will find pieces of history throughout your dig. Okay, yes, so, they did find a very interesting artifact. I'm not saying that they happened. Something okay. very interesting might have happened on Oak Island. But especially coming from Israel, where we have a lot of archaeological <laughs> digs happening. And the, and the temples. Know, and so many people passed through. And the temples. Yep. If you dig hard enough into a place, I believe you will find quite a few interesting artifacts. That being said, again, but, that's, you know, but we're diverting from the whole rumor topic, but I just think it's fascinating. Can, how, can I just, can I just well, add something to that? But you're oh, in an area of the world that has a large um, imprint of the human civilization mm-hmm. that goes back thousands of years Oak Island does not. No, it does not. Right. So what you're asking and what you're saying in there is basically to me, Dave, why the heck are you doing this? And that's what that sounds like to me. And, and, and that's a question I struggle with because I sound very skeptical, right? Because I sound very skeptical when I'm talking to you, but at the same time, I'm constantly drawn in. I'm constantly fascinated by things they're doing. And there are so many things along the lines, along the path of all this, where you look at it and you go, and that's why I haven't dismissed this like I've dismissed so many other paranormal, quote unquote, type things, is because there are so many things that make that stop you in your tracks and go, what? What? Why is this here? Why are they fine? Why in Canada would you find human bones of Middle Eastern descent? from thousand a thousand years ago in a hole a hundred feet underground is it possible that it's not treasure of course it's possible that it got there but it doesn't belong there and that's what makes you go what (laughs) this lead cross that they found now they found it on the beach could it have washed in from a shipwreck could it have been dropped there by a person who was a collector of Templar art of course it could but it just doesn't belong there and it's such a weird thing to find in that area of the world if you found that lead cross where you live you'd go oh look (laughs) put it on the pile with all the others right (laughs) but not in Canada in Canada it makes you go what (laughs) oh no I am totally with you and I I actually completely understand why you're doing this is fascinating and the more you get into it the more fascinating it becomes 
But again, it's the human aspect, I think, on top of yes. all the um, very, all, all, you know, significant artifacts that are being found. But the human aspect just makes it all so fascinating. Um, I, I understand why you're doing this. I mean, if I would, I think just now starting to look into this, I... It's I really a, don't know how I'm ever going to stop looking into it. It's a deep, this. dark hole. It's a be very careful. I'm warning you now. It's a deep, dark hole because yes. there are currently now there are pro, even if you take the pick any pick any rumor of what you think might be out there. Because the one question I get from everyone is what happened? What do you think happened? Right. Um, and, but take any of those possibilities that you have heard of or thought of the theories of which the show did the top 25 theories or something like that. Like, so there's that many, right. Of which there are probably maybe half a dozen to a dozen that are really seriously being looked into by serious people. Right. Um, any one of them will send you down a hole of maddening so crazy like and and you can't you forget where you're going like yes. just just sit with somebody who's into the templar theory and ask them why do you think the templars did this just relax cuz they'll be talking for hours about it oh, hours just- about it you, so that, okay, so what do you think are the most interesting rumors? <laughs> what are the most interesting ones? Okay, so if I were, yeah, if you were asking me um, to, to sort of guide you into like the ones that I think are the most interesting to look at, um, you know, Captain Kidd certainly had the longest, but I think that's been pretty much disproven now. Um, the interesting thing about Captain Kidd is that if you talk to a pirate historians they'll tell you that pirates didn't bury treasure except captain kid did so yeah right so there's there's that but but um and i I have a hard time with the templar one i really do i think templars have a fascinating history and i spent the better part of two summers ago reading all about it trying to see if the templar thing was right you know especially after the cross then i got kind of hooked on the templar thing and read all about it uh, i interviewed some templar historians and i did you know really yeah. went down that I've road listened right? to, yeah i've listened to those shows they're fascinating yeah i am less drawn to that myself as yeah. well but i am i am uh i'm a mariner so i'm i'm into sailing uh, i've been for the past 15 years of my life i've been sailing on a very small little boat around um you know, around the world, essentially. Right now, my boat is in French Polynesia, and so wow. I'm, I, I am. Like, That's a better way to spend your time than <laughs> researching Oak Island theories. It really is. I applaud so, you. But that's what brought me into Oak Island because I am into pirates' treasures. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, and then I've listened to your podcast 
talking because you talk to some uh, pirate historians yeah. of course then i talked to my professor and he goes well you don't have to be a pirate historian you can be a pirate folklorist and i'm like oh don't there don't, you go don't. <laughs> there you go so so to answer your question about the rumors i i the bacon one is really fascinating not in relation to shakespeare um mm-hmm. I, the shakespeare one falls apart for me pretty quickly but Give Peter Amundsen um, an hour and a half of your time and watch a documentary film that he made that ends up in Oak Island, where you will see Oak Island, um, I think maybe during the first year of the Leginas being there. And he goes to Oak Island to research the area of the swamp that he wants to research. And it's called Cracking the Shakespeare Code. Or something like that. It was made by a British actor, British Shakespearean actor. Um, I can send that information to you later on. But that's but give yourself an hour and a half of that if you really want to have a day. You know, I I, I tell people, <laughs> I tell friends of mine, just don't sit down with any alcohol or anything like that because your brain will just explode watching this. <laughs> Remove Shakespeare. The Baconian thing is interesting. The one that McQuiston is on to, which has to do with a Scottish, um, a Scottish uh, treasure, it was had to do with the actual founding of Nova Scotia and the funding of it, and how there was this sort of criminal guy who had all this money, and and then it leads to the Mayflower, and it's it's very layered, and I really think he's on to something here, like you it. That's a good one to really look down. Um, and if I were, if there's a treasure, my guess is that's going to be the treasure. The skeptical side, the non-treasure side, look into a book written by Joy Steele and Gordon Fader called um, Oak Island Mystery Solved, where they posit that this was all a clandestine British naval operation and really has nothing to do with treasure. Um Gordon Fader is a geologist who tells about how, you know, and basically what they're doing is they're saying there's this unknown piece of history that the British did something in Oak Island that for a clandestine reason, I don't get too far into it because, I'll, you know, I'll spend hours, but um, that led leads people to believe something unusual is there, but it is actually the geology that led people to believe that it was a treasure and a shaft and all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a fascinating theory that's been you know that's been in the works for a couple of years and he's a again he's a geologist yeah. so it's so it comes from a scientific aspect of it. Um, I think that's those are probably the only ones that I'm really at this point seriously considering as possible. Okay, you know, is that would you say? The, the whole initial story that started this, this whole thing, the three kids rowing the boat, mm-hmm. would you refer to it as a rumor or would you? Totally. Okay. At this point, I can't say it's anything more than that. Because Not so- even a legend. Because this is, in a way, the base of this whole Oak Island mystery. Well, let me tell you, if I were to guess what I think happened. First of okay. all, we know the island was not uninhabited. As people like to say, the island mm-hmm. was purchased and subdivided 30 years before this happened. It was used for farming, which which is what p- 
people in the islands did. They would take cattle or sheep or something and put them out on these islands because guess what? They don't have to put up fences if they stuff them out on an island because then they can't get off the island, right? So so it's like a perfect little farming thing. So they so they, that's what it was used for to begin with. And it's there's reason to believe that one of the original owners or one of the original finders of the money pit owned a piece of that land. So they were already aware of something strange that might have been there. They did mm-hmm. not row across to the from the mainland to follow mysterious lights. That was all added later, either by them or by the subsequent treasure hunters. Sure. Um, and they, but you have to add the mystery to it all, right? Right. So they found something. They knew they they owned the, the land. They found something weird. They dug in it. This is for sure. They found something to make them dig in that spot. There's no two ways yes. about that, right? And no, they no. and they dug down in there. And the original boys did it twice, right? So Daniel McGinnis died before the second time, but they did it. Well, they actually did three times. They initially dug down, couldn't make it work. Spent a few years getting some help. They finally brought out a proper group of people to try to dig down. They didn't find anything or they couldn't get far enough and then 30 years later or whatever the number is i may have those numbers wrong the surviving finders of the money pit tried again so and then and again after that they were involved again after that so this is you know there's obviously they found something intriguing enough for them to invest money time and basically their lives into getting to the bottom of this. So that's absolutely all true. So the question I have for somebody who's like a folklorist or something like that is when do we turn, when, when does fact become legend? Because so much gets added to that story. Right. Right. So basically the, the legend genre, um, it's being pre- a legend is something that is being perceived to be true by the telling group that tells the story. Now, a rumor is a hearsay, right? And that that is that is basically the the very very thin line because a rumor can become a legend very quickly, right? Um. But a legend is something that is being passed on typically for a long time. And that the group that is telling this story believes it to be true. Whether it was a fact, whether it really happened or not, we don't know. Yeah. But the group that tells it, for them, it is a fact. It happened. Right. This Oak Island mystery is classic because the group of treasure hunters or the group of believers, they know it to happen. They, for them, this is, this is what's happening. This this is a true story, but, and this is what I said in the beginning, but to add to this legend, there are all these rumors and the rumors can be something very small that started this whole legend, yeah. like Captain Kidd, for example. This right. is, you know, it started as a rumor. There was no, I mean, 
but and all these rumors connect this big legend right um this ongoing legend ongoing mystery so rumors keep on adding on to the legend where it's funny over here because in a way a rumor is what started this legend to begin with right so it's all entwined you know so so that's kind of where i think the discussion kind of ends up which is i do i mean i do believe certain things you know, there's a guy, um, an author who's been on the show a few times, Randall Sullivan. And Randall Sullivan mm-hmm. wrote a book, which was sort of the official book of the Oak Island team. Um, and I've heard him interviewed a bunch of times. And when asked about the 90-foot stone, he says, listen, I'm fairly convinced that a stone came out of that ground at a roughly 90 feet. And that people were aware that something was unusual about it. Because there are so many uh, accounts of the, um, I think it was Vaughn, Anthony Vaughn, who had it and put it in his in his chimney that he had it on display and that he showed people and that he kept it. Um, so he's fairly convinced that something weird came out of there. But what came of it, what it really said, what it really was, is the part where rumor comes in because and then it becomes impossible to get around that's why i said before there was something to dig on there there was some reason these guys looked at this who were grown-ups looked at this and said well what's that you know why is that there let's let's dig down and they kept going according to them they dug a hole with hand shovels and buckets that was like 30 or more feet deep. Now go yeah. in your backyard and dig a 30 foot hole I, and go I, yeah. down in it. It's not a fun thing to do. No, <laughs> but, I mean, so, no, no, not at all. Right. So if that's true, if they really did that, these guys were motivated to get down to something. So what was that? Well, and what really was their motivation? What were they really looking at? That's the part that these days, just like the 90-foot stone, something made them take that and keep that. Something, and that's the part that keeps me going because there are so many people, like I said, who are witness to it. But what it really said or what was really in that hole, at this point, we've gotten so many rumors thrown on top of it. It's all... I've thrown my hands up. I'm like, I'm never going to know. You know, at first I went, tried to figure it all out and comparing different tellings of the story from, you know, this source or that source or this type of thing. And now it's to the point where it's so jumbled up and people just build off the last rumor that, you know, it's impossible to know. I truly believe, um, that of course is that's besides the the whole point of my um, research. But on a side note, I truly believe that something very interesting happened on that island. Not necessarily treasure, I don't know, I but agree. something interesting happened on, and unusual perhaps yeah. happened on this island. But as you said, so many layers were added to it. And now, because of the production company of the TV show, they have to continue digging. You know, yeah. they have to provide something. So that, in a way, 
Well, takes it further away from the whole from it, the whole point, from the whole story. That's true. And there are a lot of people out there who say they're going to continue to perpetrate this fraud of digging for this no matter what, even though they... Oh, I don't know if it's a fraud, but... Yeah. Well, well, whatever. However, that might have been tough. But they're going to continue to make this show because the show makes all this money and that's the motivating factor is the show. And there are there's a whole set of people on the internet now like who believe that they actually found the answer, whether it be the treasure or the answer to what this is years ago, and they're actually hiding it because I mean, they want to keep the show going. You know, I mean, I would have only imagined that someone would come up with that idea, right? Right. right. And <laughs> over here, it's, it's only a matter of time, right? And and I don't subscribe to that at all because. These guys would be way better off if they actually found what it is yes. <laughs> than if they went on for 20 years and then found what it is like yeah. because they're just going to keep spending more and more, more money. And yes, they might be making money off the off the uh the show, but the idea of finding the answer to Oak Island, I mean, think of the book rights, the movies. I mean, there's so much. That, you know, so much. There's so much that yeah. can come out of that. It's just a, it's, it's, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that idea. I think that, but you're right that the show definitely, you know, the, the, the problem we come with to is that people were convinced including probably the three of them, um, the three original finders, that this was a treasure. Now, they ascribed pirate treasure. And that's because at the time, pirates and pirate treasure was an incredibly popular cultural phenomenon. It was like the pop culture of the day was Blackbeard and, and you know, and people like that. And Captain Kidd. I mean, these were the rock stars yeah. of their day. That was you know, that was what this was all about. So people were convinced. So we spent really the first 200 years of this treasure hunt looking for that rather than opening up ourselves to the possibility that maybe we're looking for something different than that. That, yes, something weird happened here, but that something weird doesn't have to be somebody burying a treasure. It could be something else. And it wasn't yes. until like the 1960s or so that the idea of Shakespeare's manuscripts, um, you know, some sort of documentation became popular, you know, and now people are doing it a little differently. And that goes back to them. Why are they still drilling these giant holes down? He's dropping these huge cans into the ground if they think that's what's there, you know, but but. That's where the rumor, the popular rumor of the day, the zeitgeist of the pirates had this long lasting, you know, multi-century effect on mm -hmm. this legend. And now we're starting to think maybe, maybe that's not what this is. Maybe something something else really strange happened here, you know, because these guys are putting in unbelievable resources and coming up empty. Yes. You know, so how many more years of dropping, you know, of basically pulling the ground apart down there until they say 
maybe we're not looking for a treasure. Maybe we're looking for some sort of historical event. Maybe we're looking something for something that involves, I don't know, you know, first nations people or something, you know, who, who knows, who knows what we're looking for here. And I say all of that, but then at the end of this season, their scientists tell them that there is a giant silver deposit somewhere. I know, that's what I just saw two weeks ago, one week or two weeks ago. And I was, I thought, oh, now this is just good luck. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where we are, right? That's what I mean. You, you start to think one thing we're going and then that, well, what does that mean? Now we might spend two years pretending we listen, I've been watching this show long enough. We may never hear another word about that silver test. Never another. <laughs> and we would just go on talking about how, oh, well, they found silver deposits, so they're going to keep digging when we never actually really follow up. And I point out all the time, a couple of years ago, we did these incredible seismic things and we found a ship in the swamp, but we didn't. <laughs> yes, so we did it. There was no ship in the swamp. They looked, it's not there, you know? So the show is in real time, I think, showing you how rumors are made because they're doing it in public, what everybody before them did in investor um, pamphlets. They're doing the same thing, but instead of getting investors, they're trying to get viewers. So they're, they're taking these little things that they found, they're exploding them into something i mean they're taking this anomaly on a seismic scanning and yeah. turning it into a ship in the swamp and convincing millions of people that there's a ship in the swamp <laughs> you know so and that's exactly what they've been doing forever and that's how the the rumor part of all this just is so maddening <laughs> yes yes no i actually it's an interesting point that you just brought up um and i should I should focus more on that while watching the show, actually, because it really is true. They are showing live how rumors are being created. Yes, they are. Are made up. And that's a very, very good point. And they're showing I how I wish it, they had a treasure map, you know? And they're showing they really, how I wish it, they had a treasure map. They're showing how it happens in these sort of conspiracy theory regards. We, you know, everybody asks questions about how something like uh, Bigfoot or QAnon or you, how, how do these things get so popular? You're watching it on this show. You're, you're watching how it yes. happens just on this show because somebody finds a little thing. They get some expert to say, this could be that. Right. That could be the piece off a cannon. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, it's not that it could be a piece off a cannon. It's there's a cannon buried down there in that hole that we have to get yes. to. Exactly. Right? And that's the rumor. And from there, someone would say, oh, I heard that there's a cannon out there. Yeah. And they, that's a hearsay. That's a rumor. Big they do time. it every time. They found this last year a piece of and the problem now is that people the world is connected right and people see this so there's a there's a good and a bad to doing it in real time so 
Gary Drayton pulls out this metal, looks like a tube. He says it's the, the end of a swagger stick for a British colonel or something. I forget what he called it. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. right. I just, yep. I remember that. Within hours, people on Oak Island fan groups are posting pictures of this exact item that you can find for sale on eBay. It was like a 1970s lipstick cover piece of, uh, you know, the, the tube of lipstick. I love it. <laughs> and they know it. that. They know that's what it was. And in fact, in one of the things you hear Laird Niven, the archaeologist, saying, you know, uh, it looks like lipstick to me, you know, but they they quickly poo poo that. And they go to this uh, the swagger stick, and we never hear them come back to it and saying, "Oh, we got this wrong. This that's not this is a swagger stick. This is that this is not a swagger. This is lipstick." No, so, in the mind gonna... of the viewer who doesn't follow Facebook groups and is nuts like I am, they <laughs> they found the tip of a British Colonel's swagger stick, and that's just yeah. another piece that ends up in their head as. Uh, another bit of evidence. Why did they fall? Why would a British colonel's swagger stick be on this island that didn't have any, you know, known British military activity? Nobody tells them. Nope. That's not what it was. That's not what Nobody this was. Tells. Nobody tells that's them. Where the, no, and that's where the rumors mm -hmm. begin. And that's, that's been the, the case in Oak Island for centuries. That exact same thing that they're guilty of now. Treasure hunters have been guilty on, a, on Oak Island for ages and ages and ages. <laughs> Isn't it just that? I think it's fascinating on so many levels. There's a famous one from a couple of years ago where they pulled out a, a, off a beach a long metal, um, thin metal thing. It looked almost like an arrowhead when they first put it out, like a, like a tip of an arrow. Yes. They brought on an expert of antiquities who told them that, who told us that it was a Roman pilum, which the Roman soldiers used to walk around with these long, looked like long spears. They were wooden spears yeah. at the tip had this metal piece, right? It's the tip of a Roman pilum. Oh my, what could a Roman pilum be doing on Oak? And unless you captured a one sentence in a pregame like a like a special one of these maddie blake i don't know if you get them over there but they do these shows called digging deeper that are like specials that aren't proper episodes of the curse of oak island but are these sort of uh, they, i call them pregame shows they come on and they do like a little extra kind of okay. you know pregame show <laughs> and the no, host right this host matt blake who's this Canadian guy and he's very enthusiastic about the treasure um, quickly and just in passing said, Oh, probably wasn't that. And that was eight months later. So 90% of the viewers of Oak Island, Amazing. the curse of Oak Island think they found a Roman pylum and don't know they yep. didn't. And nope. don't know that it must've been just something from a fishing man or something, you know, fisherman or something like that. They don't know what it is. So, yes, if you're looking to study rumors, you're watching them made right here on the Curse of Oak Island <laughs> every week on uh, the Discovery Channel or whatever, the History Channel or whatever it is. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yep.
All right. Thank you so much. And thank you to Adva for taking the time to do that. Um, and I hope I can help her out in any way, shape, or form as she goes through this process. Um, it really was a lot of fun talking to her. And it was an interesting exercise for me to sort of think about some of these things that I, I really don't spend a lot of time thinking about sometimes. You know, I spend all my time kind of researching stuff for the show and answering questions about the television show and stuff. And it was neat to sort of sit down and have this conversation. All right. Uh, shameless plug time for me. Uh, I produce another podcast called Sit Downs and Sessions. Uh, me and my friend and radio host, Chris Poe, we kind of sit down over a drink or two and we talk about pubs and politics. We talk about, we're going to be talking about the paranormal. We talk a lot about music. We've interviewed a couple of musicians on there, a few more on the way and all that kind of stuff. So it's basically anything that me and my oldest friend in the world would talk about while sitting down at a bar. Give it a listen. You can find it, Sit Downs and Sessions, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the regular places. And also, I'm back on the air as a DJ, if you're interested in that. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, you can find me hosting a show on WDVR-FM called The Bourbon Street Bistro, where I play the music of New Orleans, another passion of mine. Uh, you can listen to, if you're in the uh, New Jersey area, it's on 89.7 FM, or you can certainly go to WDVRFM.org and listen there. I believe you can also just tell Alexa to turn on WDVR and she'll do it for you. That's amazing. Anyway, <laughs> also, if you're listening to and enjoying the Digging Oak Island podcast, I ask you to please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your shows. Uh, a big thank you to everyone who's done that already and left us a five-star rating. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Uh, don't forget, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We are at Digging Oak Island. I didn't answer any emails today, but I do plan on doing that in the future. So if you have any emails for me, any questions, uh, you can email us uh, directly at diggingoakisland at gmail.com. And keep in mind, if you send me an email or you know a direct message, um, I may just answer it here on a future podcast. So if you don't want your message read aloud, just please make a note of that for me. And like I said, we got a lot of great stuff coming up for this summer. Uh, so stay tuned. We might take off the week of Labor Day, so there might not be a podcast that week, but we still got a lot of stuff in the pipeline. So uh, stay subscribed. Keep listening. Keep those emails and messages coming. And please, if you know anybody who's an Oak Island fan, share the show with them. It's always great to have new listeners. So until we speak again, I'm Dave McBride. Thank you for listening to Digging Oak Island. Oak Island.